Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. All right, well, good afternoon on this cold and rainy Tuesday. Uh, My name is Josh Sorensen, filling in for Pastor Jeff Figgs today. And again, just a great joy and privilege to be with you. Welcome to Calvary Live. We are coming to you today on 93 stations in over 20 states nationwide. And we come every Monday through Friday afternoon from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock, and I am with you in the studio broadcasting here from the Grace FM radio network, and just want to shout out all of you that are listening. Uh, Grace FM has two stations in Colorado. We have 101.7 in southern Colorado, Colorado Springs, and Pueblo, and Fountain down there, and then, of course, up here in the suburbs of Denver and Aurora, we're on 89.7 here in northern Colorado. And we also want to welcome all of those who are listening live on the Radio by Grace Network, uh, which is 77 stations throughout the states. And so for all of you listening, we are just so glad you're part of our Calvary Live family. We would love for you to give us a call, and we would uh, be honored to pray for you or to answer your questions. And then there are those of you that are listening as well, a week delayed on Hope FM or Truth FM or higher rock on the East Coast, up into Idaho. So again, wherever you are, uh, whoever you are, we are want to welcome you uh, to Calvary Live today. And we're so thankful to be able to be here and be in your lives and be on your radio. Uh, and interestingly enough, too, we also, of course, as you know, have our Grace FM app, which you can find at gracefm.com. It's available for Android and Apple TV and Roku and all the places. Um, but because of that, we're, our, our reach is able to go even beyond the states here. So right now, currently, uh, according to our producer here, we have somebody listening in uh, from Lancaster, England, somebody listening in from London, England, somebody listening in from Ukraine. So uh, if you guys are there listening, we just want to say hello to you. It's so thankful that you guys are tuning in. Such a privilege to have this this means, uh, this radio to, to reach many people. And one of the things that we pray for before we start every Calvary Live is just that God would get this show to the people that he wants to encourage, that he wants to minister to. So uh, welcome everybody to Calvary Live. We are taking your Bible questions or your prayer request at 303-690-3000, And uh, we are also taking your text. So if you'd prefer not to be live on the radio, but you would love to shoot a text into us, a prayer request, a question, we'll do our best to get to those as well as we can on the show. The number for the text line is 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. I do want to say, we know a lot of people are listening in the car, and we had somebody call in last week 
and uh, <laughs> had a question uh, and, and then couldn't eventually come online because they were getting pulled over as they were asking their question. So just be mindful of that. No texting and driving, please. <laughs> and, uh, and certainly if you're calling, be safe. Don't want you guys to get any tickets. Uh, but again, uh, 303-690-3000 is the number to call if you'd like to be on the air. Uh, again, Bible questions, Christian living questions, things that maybe came up in your devotionals that we can help you with. Uh, and one of the great joys of the show, too, and I mention this every time, but don't want to miss it, is just the privilege to pray with you. And we have a lot of people that are listening with heavy hearts, a lot of people that are struggling, a lot of people that are working through doubts, insecurities, uh, health issues, perhaps some mental health issues, anxiety depression. Uh, we, we just want to pray for you if we can. And again, you don't even need to call in. You can text in uh, your prayer requests as well. But the joy of being able to pray with you is that all of the people that we just mentioned listening on all of those different radio stations, 93 radio stations nationwide, uh, and beyond that on the Grace FM app, those people will join in and pray as they're sitting in their car or as they're at home or in the gym or wherever they're listening to the to the radio, uh, and they'll agree around this prayer request. And so what a joy and a privilege just to be able to pray uh, with you guys and for you guys. And I'm seeing that the phone lines are ringing here, so we will get to that in a second. Again, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Uh, let's go to Julia here in Littleton. Good afternoon, Julia. Hi, how's it going? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for calling. Of course. Yeah, I have a prayer request um, for actually one of the pastors who's been on the show. He has a wife, um, and her name is Pam. I did ask if it was okay if I could share her name. Okay. Uh, she's been battling cancer for the last, like, decade, um, and they've tried everything. And he failed maybe two or three times. They're going in one more time, and it's pretty much their last resort. Um, so I just, he's a really wonderful pastor and, um, so humble and just such a great example of a servant of the Lord. I, I would love to pray for a miracle. Yeah, absolutely. And you said it, the pastor's wife's name is Pam. Yeah. Okay. A- absolutely. Yeah. You know, we, we, Julie, we, Julia, we deal with this a lot in, in the church here Two People come forward at the end of every service and we have pastors up front and, uh, we we pray with people, and so often, um, you know, people come forward praying either for themselves. And what we do at our church, many churches do this, of course, is um, we anoint people with oil if they're physically um, you have a, have an ailment or a sickness or cancer, and that's just something we do because the Book of James says, "Come to the elders of the church and um, and be anointed with oil." And there's nothing, of course, magical in the oil, but we do that just as a, an outward sign of the faith and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that we believe God does and can heal. But we also understand too in our prayers that you know God has so much more behind the scenes that He's doing that because He's all wise and and certainly He's all powerful. He could touch and heal supernaturally, momentarily in this moment, and that's what we want to pray. Um, but just aware too that in the life of, of this pastor, who it sounds like you have so much respect for, and his precious wife, um, that God loves them, God cares for them, God is in the midst of this with them, and so. Um, so, Julie, let's pray. And again, everyone else that's listening in right now, let's just agree around this. And we'll pray for healing, but we'll also pray for our all-wise God to do what He alone can do in the midst of some of the most difficult of our circumstances. So, Jesus, we believe that you're overhearing. Thank you for Julia uh, and just her desire to want to pray for her pastor's wife, Lord, uh, for, for Pam, 
And Lord, cancer is an enemy. There's nothing good about cancer. Uh, when it strikes our lives, it strikes our, our loved ones. Uh, many people I know, and I'm sure are listening right now, that themselves are battling cancer or have battled cancer. Uh, it is part of living in a fallen world. And very clearly, Lord, it, it hits those of us that are the sons and daughters of of God uh, as it does anybody else. There's There's no... Uh, Lord, uh, pre- extra protection for a believer. But we do know this, Lord. Um, what we have that so many others don't have is we have the presence and the power and the peace of God in our lives, Lord. And we believe that no matter what happens in a person's uh, physical frame through disease, and uh, Lord, that you are, number one, you're powerful enough to touch and to heal. And we see that all throughout the scriptures, and we believe that you're a God that still heals today. We've seen it, Lord. We believe it, and we just call out to the the all-powerful God that we have our faith and trust in, Lord, that you would touch Pam in her physical frame right now, Lord, and that you would bring healing to her body, that you'd eradicate and remove all the cancer cells, and that it would be uh, for for her, for her husband, uh, and for their church, and even for Julia, Lord, a, a wonderful, mir- miraculous opportunity to give you great glory and great praise. Because again, God, we have no doubt in our heart that you're able to do this. Um, Lord, beyond that, we know sometimes you allow these things into our lives because there is a work that you're going to do through it, Lord. Uh, And we don't always understand why you would choose to heal and others you wouldn't, but we do want to say, God, that we acknowledge you're a good God, um, that there, again, because you're not only all-powerful, but you're all-wise, you understand there's a deeper work that you're doing behind the scenes in Pam's heart and in her husband's heart, Lord. And they've been so faithful to serve you um, and as a pastor, Lord, to pour out his life on behalf of other people. And I'm sure he has ministered countless times to so many people battling with cancer. And now here he is walking through this with his wife. And uh, I just pray that you would remind them, even in this moment, Lord, of course, they know this in their head, but would you remind them afresh in their hearts, uh, Lord, that you are walking through this with them, Lord, that they're not alone, uh, that the mighty hand of God that led Israel through the Red Sea is the same right hand that's extended to them today, Lord, and bring healing and bring power and bring comfort, Lord. And uh, and I just want to pray in addition to that, that you'd bring peace, Lord. Again, your word says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. And there's a peace that can come from your heart that, that will be deeper and, and more lasting than what a doctor could say or, or what chemo could bring or what medicine could bring in, in this, Lord. And we're thankful for those things. But nothing compares to the peace that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So we want to pray that for Pam, certainly for her husband. Uh, and then thank you for Julia, Lord. We just pray a blessing on her as well. She cares for this pastor. She cares for uh, for his wife. And just so appreciate, Lord, that she has given us a call here to lift this up. And so everyone that's listening, everyone that's agreeing around this idea, we just want to say together that we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. All right. Uh, Julia, thank you so much for calling. And if you want to give us an update at some point, just let us know how how she's doing. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, I will. Okay. Thank you so much. God bless you. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Josh. Joy to be with you today, filling in for Pastor Jeff Figs on this rainy uh, Aurora, Colorado day. It is Tuesday, April 25th. It's 52 degrees outside. I just checked, and it is raining. 
uh, which doesn't happen much. And I was looking a little bit at some of the weather in the state of Colorado and down further south in Colorado Springs and Pueblo. Sounds like there's thunderstorm warnings. And so it's a little nasty out there. So for those of you listening in Colorado, please be careful as you're driving and listening in. Uh, I, I personally love rain and I know we don't get a ton of it here in Colorado, but I appreciate it when we get it. But I'm certainly thinking of everyone that has those weather warnings right now here in Colorado. Uh, If you're listening from Colorado or anywhere else in the 93 different uh, stations that we have out there um, that, that is able to reach over 20 states and then, of course, through the app much further. We just want to welcome you today to Calvary Live. If you have a Bible question or, as Julia just brought to us, a prayer request, you can give us a call, 303-690-3000. We have one line open, I believe, at the moment. And if you don't get through, uh, just give us a little bit of time. And once we get through calls, we'll, we'll those lines will be back open, 303-690-3000. And again, you can text us. I see some text coming in as well, so you guys are not forgotten. 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. We have Madeline calling from Thornton. Good afternoon, Madeline. Pastor, I got a heavy question that's really hard on my heart. Yes. My husband committed suicide in 2021 on our anniversary. And two months later, my my beautiful granddaughter committed suicide. Mm-hmm. My question is, what happens to their souls? Yeah. Well, Madeline, let me just start by saying my, my heart uh, breaks. There. There's nothing that's more difficult than the loss of a loved one, and particularly the loss of a loved one through suicide. Um, and then you said it was not only your husband, but also your, you said your granddaughter as well? Two months later. Two months later. It's, yeah, that's that's tragic. Uh, and, you know, and I, and I know, Madeline, that even as you're calling with this heavy burden on your heart, that there's people listening in right now um, that are dealing with suicidal thoughts and perhaps even listening in right now thinking of taking their life. And so I'm just, uh, as, as I want to pray for you for sure, Madeline, but I, I just, I'm, I'm praying that God would minister to those that are considering suicide or struggling with suicide right now. That's a very real thing. We talk a lot with people in the church here that deal with that. But I will say this, Madeline, um, there are people um, that um, that we, we've, we know personally, myself, my, my wife, my family, um, that even in our own family that have struggled with suicidal thoughts, people that we've known that have taken their lives. And so this question is a question that we've had to ask as well. So you're not alone in asking this question. Um, and it's a question I know many people are, are wanting to know. But, but here's what I do know. Um, obviously, to take your own life is not part of God's plan, and we understand that. And so, um, so in that sense, suicide is never... A, a plan that God would have for a person to do. There's always hope. There's always life beyond when we feel that we reach the end. Um, but suicide is not the unforgivable sin, as, as people may have said before, the unpardonable sin. It's not the greatest sin. It's no worse than the other evils in terms of how God sees it. Um, and so it does not determine a personal's eternal destiny. Now, of course, suicide has a definite, deep, and and lasting impact on those left behind. And Madeline, I can just hear even in your voice, and, and I just 
cannot imagine the pain uh, that you're experiencing through this. We have a brother here in our church family that lost a son to suicide, and he it was a number of years ago, and he's still carrying it and talks about it all the time. So the painful scars that are left by a suicide, they, they're not quick to heal. There's no um, quick grief process to walk through. It, it, it takes years, and in some cases, just a, it's, it's just something we're going to carry, and, and probably in all cases, we will carry for the rest of our lives and hurt over. Um, so may God grant his grace to everyone who's facing any of these deep trials today. But also, I would say this, may each of us take hope in the promise. Romans ten thirteen says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, everybody. Uh, and so, Madeline, if, if your husband put his faith and trust in Jesus, if your granddaughter put her faith and trust in Jesus, maybe they weren't walking with him in the moment that they took their lives, but we have the confidence that God is good and powerful enough to save their souls. And that would mean this, that if, if they knew Jesus and they trusted him as their Savior, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And, and that would mean that at this very moment, your husband is with Jesus. Your granddaughter is with Jesus. Now, I, I don't know their story. I don't, I don't know, again, what their relationship with the Lord was like. Uh, in, some ca- in some ways, if we, even those that we don't know if they have a relationship with the Lord, it, it's those 11th hour uh, thief on the cross moments where God knows, God knows. Even the, the gospel that was planted in their hearts, perhaps even as a child, that before they breathe their last breath, God in his graciousness and his goodness brings back to their remembrance and they call out to the Lord in, in desperation. But we do know that the Bible says God is not willing that any should perish and that all should come to eternal life. Um, Madeline, do you know what kind of faith your, your husband or your granddaughter had? Well, my daughter was very intoxicated and and that's why I wonder about her the most because, well, to be so drunk, I don't know if she would even ask our, our Savior to save her. Did, did she at any point in her life, as far as you know, whether it was as a child or maybe later in her life, ever express that she had um, given her, her heart, her life to Jesus? She uh, had. Okay. As a teenager. Yeah. So that, that would be what I would anchor my hope on. Um, it the profession of faith. Acts sixteen thirty one says it this way: Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. That was a message that was preached in the early church. And I know it almost sounds unbelievable to say that we are saved from all of our sin, including the sin of suicide, um, by just putting our faith and our trust in Jesus. But that is how powerful what Jesus accomplished on the cross, uh, and, and and how effective that is in the life of those that he redeems. And and what's wonderful is that God wants to save people more than we want our loved ones to be saved. I have four kids and I want all four mm-hmm. of them to walk with Jesus. But I know that God's heart, uh, and, and he demonstrated that, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So even in her intoxication, uh, or even in the midst of sin, and even the sin of suicide, again, that's not the unforgivable uh, uh, or unpardonable sin. Um, and so I, I believe, based on the profession of her faith and trust in Jesus Christ, um, that she's with Jesus right now. And I, and I would say that's where you, you can anchor your hope on in this moment. Um, and again, God's word is very clear. 
that there's no soul sleep when we die. Uh, it's not as if um, you know our loved ones are sort of in this waiting period until Jesus Christ comes again to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord, which means the moment they breathe their last breath on this side of eternity, and this is true for any of us that have lost any loved ones, and it will be true for all of us someday too, we open our eyes immediately in eternity, and we're with Jesus, and we finally get to see him face to face. And and so if your husband, uh, and and did you say it was your daughter or your granddaughter? My granddaughter. Granddaughter, yes. Yeah. So I, I would say, again, the moment that they open their eyes in eternity, um, because of their faith and trust in Jesus, he was there welcoming them. He was there to... to to love them, to remind them again that the the scars in his hands, the scars in his feet were the cost, the price um, that was paid to forgive us of our sins, including the sin of suicide. But I have no doubt um, that if he was the savior of their lives, that he welcomed them home that day, which means then, of course, the hope is that also you will see them again someday. And so the grief that you carry and the pain that you carry and the scars that you're carrying on this side of eternity will be gone. Uh, on on the other side of eternity, whether Jesus comes again or whether you slip into eternity, the the wonderful thing is that there will be no more sorrow, no more tears, no more pain. So what you're carrying now, as difficult as it is, um, will will one day be erased and gone, and you'll be able to hug them and to see their faces again and and talk to them again. And that's the hope of life beyond the grave for all of us. I needed to hear that so bad because I've been carrying this for a year and a half. Yes. Wondering where they're at. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is the hope of the gospel for all of us, for all of us. And and you will continue to grieve. Um, and, and that's important for you to grieve because your grief is actually an expression of your great love for them. Um, and so grief is, is, is something that for, for all of us, we, we need to process and to work our, our, our emotions through the loss of a loved one and through death, and particularly through such a tragic death like this. Um, but faith is wonderfully um, able to anchor our hope uh, in, in heaven. That's why the Bible says we grieve as Christians, we still grieve, but we don't grieve as those who have no hope. And so because of the gospel message and because of the beauty of it and the power of what Jesus accomplished on the cross— um, we know, even th- those in our lives that were perhaps the worst of the worst sinners, uh, because of the cross and because they put their faith in Jesus, we're going to see them again. Paul himself, who wrote half the New Testament, even said, I am the chief. He was saying, I am the worst of sinners. Um, and and he understood that, that he was saved as well. So Madeline, let me pray for you, if that's okay, and just lift you up today. Yes, please. So, Lord, I, I pray for Madeline, and I, and I certainly want to pray for those that are listening into him. Aware as I answer her question, I'm also speaking to many others as well um, that are listening in. And so I just pray, Lord, that you would comfort her in this moment, Lord. Uh, comfort her, um, not, not to the point where her grief is gone, Lord, because we understand that, that our grief is an expression of our loss, but comfort her deeply in her soul and her spirit to know that anybody, Lord, that puts their faith and their trust in Jesus uh, and, and they pass from this world, whatever the means are, uh, into eternity, Lord, that we are confident based on the authority of your word and the power of the cross and your great and precious promises that we will see them again someday and that they are safe and that they're secure. And whatever it was that led them, all the emotional and mental turmoil in their hearts that led them to take their lives, Lord, that that turmoil, that struggle, 
that deep, deep darkness and depression that is that, that, that was all consuming to the point where they felt their only option was to take their life. Lord, that is gone. And, and they're now given eternal life. And they're, Lord, they're, they're, they're given great and precious promises um, and rewards even, Lord, wonderfully. Um, and so I just want to pray that you would remind Madeline of these things, encourage her heart, bring verses to remind of, of what heaven is, um, reminder of the power of the gospel, uh, that, it, that the message of the gospel is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes, Lord. Um, and that if you would strengthen her, Lord, um, and, and allow this to be a moment even in her life where she just says, Lord, I am so thankful um, that you are able to save, your word says, even to the uttermost. And God, that is our hope. That's, that's why we're here. That's why I'm even here on the radio today. It's because you saved me, Lord. Uh, and, I just, and I get the privilege of being able to talk to others about that. Uh, and so for Madeline, Lord, as your precious daughter, uh, encourage her, Lord, strengthen her, and then be with her in the midst of her grief, Lord. Comfort her as your word says that you do. Uh, you're the God of all comfort. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. You. You're welcome, Madeline. If there's anything else we can do or you just need to call and talk to a pastor or pray, of course, here at Calvary Church in Aurora, we're, we're always available for that as well. So thank you for calling. Thank you. All right. God bless you, Madeline. All right. Hard things, but this is what we're here for. And our prayer for Calvary Live is just that we can be able to minister in the midst of some of these very, very tragic and very difficult seasons of life to you guys. Uh, and in the same way that when tragedy strikes my life, and uh, and uh, Pastor Ed would say the same thing, and as you guys know, Pastor Ed has his own story of tragedy hitting his life, um, that, that we would want other people to pray for us. And the wonderful thing about the church, and that's really what this is, we're on a radio station, but we are the church, we are the family, uh, we're brothers and we're sisters, is that God will use us to be uh, bring some of his healing into the lives of one another. Uh, so that's our, our privilege, and this is one of the reasons the show exists. So again, any questions or, or uh, prayer requests, give us a call, 303-690-3000. We have two people on hold. Uh, we'll be able to get to one of them before our break, and then we will uh, get to the second one after our break. So we do have one line open, 303-690-3000, and a text line, 720-336-0897. And we have Olivia here from Baltimore. Olivia, uh, I think we have about two and a half minutes left. And then if I don't, if I'm unable to answer your question fully, I'll put you on hold and we can get to it after the break as well. But thanks so much for calling Calvary Live, Olivia. Did we get dropped? Okay, well, she is no longer there. Well, let me, uh, let me do my best real quick in the two minutes that we have left. Olivia, if you're listening in, sometimes we know that calls get dropped. Your question was, can you be a good Christian but not go to church. Time uh, is hard for you, it looks like, uh, the time that you have to get to church. Can you just study the Bible at home? Uh, and that is a great question, and I think a lot of people ask that question. I, I get that often. And I would say this. I would say um, God saved you first and foremost into a personal relationship with him. So if you were on an island all by yourself and no one else was around, uh, God would be able to save you and God would be able to speak to you and God would be able to do the good things he wants to do in your life, just the two of you. But he also saves us into community with other people. And that's really important because God says this, 
do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. There are people that don't gather to church, and there's many excuses and reasons. Sometimes it's uh, it, there's physical reasons, or it's time, or it's my only day off, and it's my only time to sleep in, and there's all sorts of reasons. But I will say this. No man is an island. No man can grow apart from other Christians in their lives. And when I say man, of course, I'm including woman in that as well, that we need each other. I've been walking with the Lord since 1993. I don't even know how many years that is. I guess 30 years, coming up in 30 years. I cannot grow without my brothers and sisters in my local church fellowship. So I attend Calvary Church here in Aurora. And I will say this, even over the past couple months, I've gone through some personal uh, valleys and some difficulties just in my own personal life um, with some things happening. And it has been the church that has prayed for me and encouraged me with scriptures and pointed me back to God's word um, and then sitting underneath the teaching uh, here that we have of God's word and being able to worship with other believers. There's nothing to replace that. Uh, And so being alone or even watching church online, I'm thankful that for people people that are infirmed and can't get out, that we've got these means, that's a blessing. But for all of us that are able, church is incredibly important. Um, it's the bride of Christ, and it, it, it is something that we do to grow, not just in our personal relationship with God, um, but to grow also close to one another as well in relationship. And that's God's design for all of us. No man or no woman is meant to be alone. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back with you here on Calvary Live, taking your phone calls and your prayer requests. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live coming live from Grace FM Studios. It is Tuesday, April 25th. Uh, here from Aurora, Colorado at Calvary Church. My name is Pastor Josh Sorensen, one of the assistant pastors here uh, at Calvary Church in Aurora. And I am typically your newer host on Fridays, but I'm filling in today for Pastor Jeff Figs. And I will also be filling in for our, our good pastor. Ed Taylor, who is finishing up a trip in Israel. He'll be back later this week, but I'll be filling in for him tomorrow. So it's a joy to be here with you. I appreciate those of you that are listening in. I really appreciate all the texts that we have coming in, the phone calls coming in. Um, And again, we are here to both answer any Bible questions you may have uh, or to be able to pray with you. And that's the purpose of this. We want to be able to help as much as we can to clarify God's Word. Again, there's just so many voices out there today with social media and YouTube, and you can Google something and then just get a thousand opinions on uh, anything that you're looking for today. But we want, as the church, as Christians, and then even here as Calvary Church, we just want to know what God says. And we have God's Word, and He's communicated to it. And God's Word is sufficient to answer every single one of our, our questions. And it is authoritative. It is the, the pillar of truth, the ground of truth we've got uh, wonderfully because of God's Word. So if we can do our part to point you back to what God's Word says and maybe to help clarify some things in His Word, then we as pastors uh, would be honored to do that. And and if we don't know the answer, we'll be honest and say we don't know because we're not Bible uh, answer men, scholar type men. We're just pastors that have, that have studied the Word and read the Word for a long time and can do our best to encourage you in it. 
Um, and so that's really our heart. We just want to be pastors to those of you that are listening, shepherds to encourage, to comfort, to exhort, to rebuke if need be, uh, all of those things wonderfully in grace. But we also would love to pray for you. And so, uh, again, we've had a couple of prayer requests come in, and we are just privileged to be able to do that and walk through, perhaps, uh, as we just talked to a, a good friend of ours, Madeline, through some very difficult things. And we are honored to be able to do that. So our number, if you'd like to give us a call and be on the air and ask your question or share your prayer request, is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000, or you can text us. And this text line, by the way, again, is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So if you don't want to text currently at the moment, or you can't text at the moment, but you'd love to text later on, or maybe something happens and you're like, man, I just really need prayer right away. You can text us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We'll get that prayer request, every single prayer request that comes in, uh, whether we answer that or pray for it or address it here on the on the radio show, um, it, it will get passed on to people, a uh, prayer team of people that are faithful, that read through each one, that pray through each one. So we just want you to know that, that no prayer request is going to go unseen. And that's one of the great joys of even having this text line available is just to be able to encourage you and let you know you can put this in your phone, you could write it down, you could have it nearby, just a continual place to send prayer requests. And by the way, there's you can't send too many prayer requests. So feel free to send whatever whatever is on your heart. Uh, if you're if we're praying for you regarding something and there's updates throughout the the day or the week, uh, we would love we would love to be able to just be that um, part in your life. By the way, nothing takes the place of a local church. And so for those of you that are calling us or those of you that are texting us, uh, we, we do want to encourage you that the greatest place that you're going to get answers, the greatest uh, place you're going to find healing and, and, and be more specifically and, and carefully prayed for is going to be in a local church fellowship. And so while we are available to answer your questions and to pray for you, we, we can't take the place of your local church. We ourselves are a local church. So if you're part of Calvary Church in Aurora, um, then welcome to the Calvary Live. But also we, we know you, we see you. You, you attend. We, we have pastors available at the front of every service. You can come forward and get prayer. We're available seven days a week here at the church. You can call and talk to a pastor. You can sit down and meet with a pastor. You can be a part of a men's group or a women's group. We have a grief share ministry here that uh, is, is a wonderful place to come if you're grieving. We've got um, recovery ministry for those that are battling addiction, uh, pornography. We've got all sorts of ministries taking place because that's, that's what we need to, to, to grow. We, we need need community. We need other brothers and sisters that are a little bit further on, perhaps in their faith, to be able to encourage us and walk with us and hold us accountable. And if we're battling something, we'll have people in our lives that, by the way, some of the church becomes even closer than our own family, perhaps even closer than our own brothers and sisters. But that's certainly one of the, the names for the church is the family of God. And we call each other brothers and sisters because that's true. We may not be blood brothers and sisters, but we walk through life just as family does. And so, again, as much as we love being able to answer your questions and pray for you, um, this is not a replacement for church. So we do want to encourage you to find a local church and be involved, be as plugged in as you can. I get that there's many reasons why people, uh, you know, uh, feel that they cannot connect 
into a church or, or perhaps are not involved in a church, but I would just encourage you at least begin to pray. I can tell you, based on God's word, it is God's will that you would attend church as much as is possible. I get that there's some people infirmed listening that can't, um, but we would encourage you guys to, to make every effort um, to honor the Lord by also being involved in a community of his people. And, and it will be nothing but a blessing in your life. No church is perfect. You'll always come up against people uh, and people have their problems and people have their issues. So do pastors, by the way. Um, but that's what grace is for. That's what forgiveness is for. And you get a community where you get to work these things out together. So uh, again, our number 303-690-3000. We do have one line open. Uh, so that might be for you. 303-690-3000. Or again, text us at 720-336-0897. And it looks like we have Kimberly from Maryland calling in here. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, how are you, Josh? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks. Thanks so much for calling. What part of Maryland are you calling from? Um, Parkville. Baltimore. Yes, Clarksville. I mentioned this the other day in one of the other programs, but my parents live in Columbia. So I don't think that's too far from Clarksville, is it? No, it's actually Parkville. And actually it's about 20 minutes away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Love, love Maryland. Lived there for a couple of years. So great state. (laughs) Yeah. Not bad. So I'm going to dive into the the more um, deep question. It's not really complicated, but it's more of a deep and what I'm going to do is is kind of start where I'm going to be at. And then if you give me a second, I'm going to roll into Revelation. And then, you know, we can go forward. You got it. So um, I'm going to uh, talk about when Jesus had a story that was talking about the rich man and Lazarus. You know, not Lazarus that died, his friend. That's right. So, yes. Um, you know, I'll start. The, you know, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. And I'll stop there. So, again, it's not Abraham's side, like, standing next to him. From what I understand, it's Abraham's side on Hades. So there's two, from what it sounds like, there's two compartments in Hades. And then if you look, it says the rich man uh, also died, but he was buried. So that was really something that popped out. Okay. And then in Hades, being in torment. So, right, so... Uh, Lazarus was not in torment, and he was on Abraham's side. And we know that Abraham was, you know, um, you know, God loved him so. So, of course, he wouldn't be in, in Hades torment. He would be on, you know, so to speak, the kind of the safe side, right? And blah, 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 blah. And then it says, um, and besides, I'm going to go down a bit further, all this between us and you, a great chasm, which is kind of like a division, in between, um, you know, like Hades and the torment side, and I guess, you know, the waiting side um, has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you. In other words, those two sides can't pass. So now I'm going to go to Revelation, and when Jesus comes and he says, all that were dead, and I, I, you know, will rise up in heaven and Jesus will meet. So I'm assuming that in Hades there's two sides um, uh, in Hades, the ones that are being tormented, and then the ones that are waiting in Christ to return, and they're not in suffering side, because it, it, it clearly says um, in that, because, again, Lazarus was being carried by the angels to Abraham's side, and then again, the rich man was buried. 
Okay. Yeah, that that's a real that's a really good question. I, I appreciate your thoughtfulness in even asking that question too, because that's um you, you I can tell that you've really looked at the text and have thought through this, uh, which is wonderful. So it's a, it's a big question. Um, and again, that that particular parable that is it's told there, it's a parable. Um, you know, it's up for debate whether that's a true real life account or a parable, um, since two of its characters are named. Um, which would make it unique among parables because typically people aren't named in parables. But whether it's a parable or not, there's definitely much we can learn from this passage. And we do know from Scripture that you, you're exactly right. There's there's a place that's called Hades, um, and that is the place in the um, Old Testament and then in the New Testament and even upwards of today. We mentioned just earlier in, in the radio show to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So for us as believers, now, when we die, we are in the presence of of the Lord in heaven. Before Jesus died on the cross, what about all the Old Testament saints? Where did they go? Well, they went to this place um, that that is is called Hades, but it's actually referred to elsewhere as paradise. Um, and and paradise was, for lack of a better word, exactly as you as you are asking it. There were two compartments, uh, and one compartment was called paradise. That's where those that were um, followers of God and those like Abraham um, and Isaac and Jacob, some of the patriarchs of the faith, and of course their wives and their children, um, it, it says that the, it was their faith that was counted to them as righteous. And so when they passed away, they were sent to this place called paradise, which was a compartment there in what was called Hades. It was not a place of torment, not a place of suffering. It wasn't a place where they were paying for their sin. It was a a, a, a place that their souls would go. Uh, we don't have a lot of information in terms of like what that looked like or what that was. Um, it wasn't heaven as we think of heaven today, but it was paradise. Jesus, of course, says on the cross to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Paul also talks about him going to paradise. But um, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, it says there he, that he didn't go and suffer in hell, as some people would say that 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 he did. I don't believe that's what scripture teaches, but somewhere in this process, he set captivity captive. And uh, it says that he went and he preached to the souls that were there. And then I believe that was the moment when, when, because Jesus's um, sacrifice had been accomplished, that all of the, the Old Testament souls then were taken up into what we currently now call heaven. So I don't believe now, again, the Bible's very clear that now today there's no holding compartment. We don't go to paradise now when we die. We go straight into God's presence to be with him. Uh, As far as where the rich man was, there was a place called Hades, and that is still the place that when people die today without uh, Jesus as their Savior that they go to. It, it is a place of torment. Uh, again, there's there's many different ways Scripture talks about Hades, um, there, and there's also some debate. There's a couple phrases that Scripture uses called outer darkness, uh, where there's gnashing of teeth, and, uh, and, and yet whatever Hades is, that is the place. It is it is a place of torment. Um, it is a place where there's demons that are there. It's also known as the abuso in Scripture or the abyss. Uh, and if you remember when Jesus was speaking to the demon-possessed man, 
uh, the, the demoniac, he was called. And, uh, and the, the demoniac, as Jesus is talking to him, reveals, we are legion. We have many demons in us. And, and as Jesus is about ready to cast these demons out, the, the demons cry out and say, please don't send us into the abyss. Interesting. Um, but instead, would you send us into the pigs? That abyss would be the same place as Hades that we're talking about, where the, in this parable, the rich man has gone. And again, that's where unbelieving souls go that die today. And then at the, at the end of time, um, the Bible says that um, all those that have not put their faith and trust in Jesus, they will be brought out from Hades into his presence at the great white throne judgment. And at the great white throne judgment, that's where God is going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And the angels are going to cast them into what's called the lake of fire. And the lake of fire is what we would typically call hell. Hades, by the way, is also um, another name for that would be hell. Um, but the, the hell that Hades is, is different from the eternal punishment of the lake of fire that we read about in the book of Revelation. So, um, so yes, there were two compartments uh, as far as we know from Scripture, but today there's not uh, because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, as I've mentioned several times already. Um, and so we are in heaven with the other saints that have gone on before us, including all the Old Testament saints and those that at one point were in this compartment called paradise. So you have a question, though, but in Revelation, Jesus says that all that are dead will come, you know, when he comes, he says all that were dead will rise. Yeah. And then, then that anybody that's left on the earth, first the dead will rise, and then anybody that's left on earth at that time, then we will be caught up with him. But first the dead will rise. Yes. So I believe that's talking there about the physical bodily resurrection. So the souls are already um, in Hades or in heaven, but there will be a physical bodily resurrection, which means that those that have been buried, those that have been um, cremated, that, that God is going to take all of those cells and all of that dust and bring it. And, and so that's what it's speaking of there at the, uh, 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 the resurrection of all of those saints that have gone on before us. They're going to rise first, and then we who are alive are going to be caught up together with, with him. So the, the phys- our physical bodies, if, we're, if we die, our bodies are buried or we're cremated, and, and, and so our, our souls are in heaven with the Lord or our souls are in Hades. Um, but but in reference to what you're talking about, our bodies will rise again, um, and that's going to happen there for us that, are, that have gone on that are with the Lord uh, in, at the rapture. And there's going to be a re- reunification of our bodies again with our souls. Uh, and that's not just true for us. That's true for those that have gone before us, any, any, any believers uh, in Christ, including the Old Testament there as well, that, that the bodies will re, re, be reunified with their souls again at, at that bodily, physical resurrection. Gotcha. And then here's a real simple question. So, you know, it, it, it's just very interesting to me. So is there anything that we know of just, you know, why God decided to uh, choose uh, Israel um, instead of like, you know, Ethiopia or Syria or Turkey? You know, is there, you know, why do you just choose Israel in general? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, that's a great question. I, I don't know why he chose Israel as compared to other peoples, but we do know that God in his part of his sovereign plan uh, from the creation of the world wanted to create a people that could be used to be a light to all the rest of the nations. So you mentioned Ethiopia and all these other nations. He just wanted a people 
And these people eventually um, were called Israel. And the only reason they were called Israel is because it came from some, you know, Abraham had Isaac, Isaac had Jacob. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. These were all men of faith that followed God. Uh, and so Jacob changes his name to Israel. Then Jacob has 12 sons. And those 12 sons then become the 12 tribes of Israel, and it expands and it grows, and then there's a great multitude. And God's intention and plan was that these people, the nation of Israel, would be a light to, to be able to reflect the goodness and, and, um, and, and reflect what it looks like to have a relationship with God to all the rest of the nations. The problem, of course, as we know, is that Israel ended up in and out of sin and judgment, and they were in exile, as you read through the New Testament, or the Old yeah. Testament. Um, and then eventually, then, of course, God institutes the church. And so now we are the light of the world, and we get to be the same that, that Israel was. That doesn't mean that God's plan is done with Israel, because God is going to—there's still many promises yet to be fulfilled for the, the, the nation of Israel. But in terms of why he chose Israel as compared to another nation, I don't really know if Scripture tells us other than it's just that his people himself um, were the, the point that he wanted to really communicate to the rest of the, the world and to the, the nations. Okay. Thank you so much yes. for all the details. Oh, uh, of course. Thanks for the great questions and appreciate you calling. Thank you. You have a great day. All right. Night. God bless you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning into Calvary Live. My name is Josh. Privileged to be with you. We have a few more minutes left here. Uh, so if you would like to give us a call, we do have two uh, people currently waiting. So we'll see if we can get to them and maybe one more. But the number is 303-690-3000. And if I can't get to you today, um, I would encourage you. Again, we're here Monday through Friday, 4 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. I will be here filling in for Pastor Ed tomorrow. Uh, then we'll have on Thursday an encore message uh, from Pastor Ed. And then I will be on Friday here live as well. Uh, so we will have some more opportunities this week to be able to pray with you, to be able to do our best to answer any questions as well. Um, so we would like to go to Jacqueline here who is listening in Tennessee. Hello, Jack. Is that right, Jacqueline? Yes. Wonderful. Sir. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, well. How are you doing today? Uh, not too well. I got okay. a question for you. You know, um, my husband, he just don't like going to church. He don't want to go to church. He'll mm -hmm. work seven days a week. I know I asked him to go to church with me. He said he don't want to go. He got to work. I got to pay bills. I got to work. Can you just find one day out of the week for the for for the Lord, you know, he still won't want to go. He'll go on Mother's Day on my birthday if I beg him to go. You know, I said, come on, go with me. Come on, it's my birthday. Oh, he'll go then. But any other time, he don't want to go. And he know the Bible, you know. Yeah. But he just don't want to go to church. I don't understand that. Well, I will say this. You are not alone. There, I, I cannot tell you how many people are in the exact same situation as you are. And of course, as a pastor, I'm I'm off. I'm all about the church. I just want to encourage people to come to the church. And we talked about it a few minutes ago. Just all the value that that God intends for the church to be. But I, I would say this. Uh, you know, we can't be the Holy Spirit in the lives of those that we love. I can't be the Holy Spirit in my wife, my wife's life, and you can't be the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit can certainly use us, uh, but but. But we can never replace and somehow cause the great conviction now all of a sudden in, the, in our spouse's lives to come to church or, or in some way hope that we can change their hearts. We know only the Lord can change their hearts. Um, and I get it. I get it that as from a human perspective, there's a thousand reasons why we, we, there's other things to do instead of church. But 
once God captures our hearts, and that's really the, the heart of this, when God captures our hearts and we fall in love afresh with him and we realize that one of the greatest gifts that he's given to us is a community of other people that we get to grow with and grow alongside. And he gifts us and we have gifts to give to the church and we get to experience the gifts of other people in our lives. That That's when the church becomes beautiful and dynamic and a part of our living and our breathing spiritual life. But when people are forced or people don't want to come, that's a hard place because otherwise then it just becomes re- – we just begin to play religious games and it becomes just routine. And so I would say two things. I would say obviously – I know it sounds so basic, but just don't give up in praying for your husband. Don't give up in in well-doing. Don't don't give up in, in just inviting him. I, I would say that uh, if he doesn't come, I know that's hard. I know it's difficult. I'm sure it doesn't always feel good showing up to church without your husband, but just can continue to invite him. But First Corinthians 7 says this. It says, to, and now this isn't your situation, but I'm just going to give an example. It says to, the, to, to a wife that is married to an unbelieving man. Now, thankfully, you're married to a man who is a believer, um, but, but to a wife that's married to an unbelieving man, it says, Paul says there, don't, you don't need to divorce him because he's un, un, an unbeliever, but rather you can live a, your life in a way that can win him over, Paul says, without even using words. And the point is that a believing uh, wife can live her life and, and her faith in front of her husband to the degree where he begins to watch her and he sees the reality of Jesus in her life. Paul says the hope would be that that man would be won over to Jesus, perhaps even without the the wife herself, even using words, like it's possible just by your example and your own personal testimony. And so pray for him, yes, but I would just also say continue to just ask God to use you in his life, whether or not, you know, that means that he's going to come to church apart from birthdays or Mother's Day or holidays, those things. But uh, but don't give up in praying for him like that. The goal would be that he would eventually be in church fellowshipping and receiving and benefiting from this beautiful gift that God has for him. Uh, but in the meantime, when he doesn't come, allow your testimony just as as a daughter of God. And then, of course, as a wife to, to your husband, just allow God to use that to be the fragrance of Christ and, um, and, and for your testimony and your light to be something in his life that eventually we, we pray will, will become, uh, he'll, he'll develop a hunger that he wants what he sees in your life that you have. And when you mess up, and we all do, and uh, you know, that's the wonderful thing. We go, we apologize, we acknowledge our wrongs, we, we confess them, and then of course we confess them to the Lord. And, but that's part of the beauty, I think, of grace as well, is that we can say we're not perfect. And we, yes, I'm sorry for what I said, or I'm sorry for losing my, my temper or my patience, or, and, and God is gracious. So pray for him. And then allow your testimony in your life to be um, something that hopefully will stir in him a hunger to want to, to have what you have in your life. So much. All right. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. And I and, uh, would love to hear you call back at some point and say, guess what? My husband's at church with me. So that's what we'll pray. That would be amazing. Oh, good. Thank you. Uh, you're so welcome. God bless you. All right. And it looks like we have a prayer request uh, here from Colorado Springs. Donna, welcome to Calvary Life. Thank you. You're welcome. How can we pray for you today? Um, my daughter um, was saved when she was a little child, um, but now she thinks she's a lesbian and she got married to another girl that's trans and trying to turn into a man. And um, she says she loves the Lord and she reads the Bible. But I just want prayer that if she didn't, that she'll turn her heart to God and, pers- and give up her sin. 
Yeah. A- amen. And I, and I, I, I'm sorry that you're walking through this. I, I, I think um, I, this just was talking with a brother, uh, Enrique, earlier today, and we were having a conversation specifically about this, that this issue, the LGBT community is going to be something I think more and more anybody listening to the sound of my voice right now, we're going to have to, to, to talk about this and we're going to have to pray through these issues and how are we going to minister to people that are uh, either in this lifestyle or claiming to be a part of this lifestyle. And then it really hits home and it really gets difficult and really gets challenging when it's our own kids. Um, And it's of course, never something we would have ever asked for or wanted. And yet that comes to the, the, the door of our own home. Um, and so I, I am going to recommend a book that you may or may not have heard of that is a very, very helpful book. It's a book I personally have read. Uh, it's a book that's available um, to parents, but it's not written specifically to parents. It might even be something at some point your daughter may read or maybe she won't want to read. But it's written by Jackie Hill Perry, P-E-R-R-Y, and it's called Gay Girl, Good God. And she shares her testimony before she was a believer. She uh, she she was uh, in the LGBT community, living a lesbian lifestyle, got saved, uh, rescued out of that. She tells the whole story. She does a, an incredible job at talking through what Scripture says about the issue. She's biblical. She's unapologetic about what Scripture teaches about sexuality. But she also just gives some practical ways of being able to talk to both our believing friends that aren't sure if this issue is a sin or not, and also unbelievers. And what do we, how do we communicate God's design and, and, and um, the fact that our identity is not um, our, our desires? <laughs> our identity is not our desires. Our identity is who God says we are, and, and we're all created in the image of God. And she just does such a great job with that. So it's called Gay Girl, Good God, written by Jackie Hill Perry. Um, which is a great book. But let me, let me just go ahead and pray for your daughter, Donna. I know we've got one minute, I think, left here. Um, and we'll just ask that God would do a radical work in her life. Okay, thank you. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for hearing us. We thank you for Donna. We thank you that she's called on behalf of her daughter. And I'm sure that Donna represents many other moms and dads listening right now whose children are uh, part of or— um, flirting with the LGBT lifestyle and all that that means, uh, struggling perhaps with same-sex attraction, some of them perhaps just giving themselves fully over to that. Uh, Lord, you see, you understand um, sin. You understand why it is that we have in us, we're born with iniquity. We're born having um, desires that are that are off, Lord, and that's the idea of iniquity. We're twisted. Um, but Lord, this is what you came to save us from. You say all are, are, are born sinners, um, but that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And so I pray, Lord, for Donna, for her daughter, that you would save her, um, that you'd rescue her, that you would allow her to know her identity is not her desires, but her identity is who you say that she is. And that that would be something that would speak louder to her than any voice that the world is saying to her right now. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Calvary Live. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.